0: false teachers, continuing on in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10, where Paul says this to young Timothy, you, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra." Paul's protection against false teachers are those in the church who have a proven life, tried by hardship, and fully committed to the teaching of Scripture. These then pass down the faith to those who are capable of defending it. And this is the same protection, beloved, that John offers us this morning in 1 John chapter 2 verses 12 through 14. If you have your finger in 1 John chapter 2, I encourage you now to turn over. As what we see in this text is what John says, the Holy Spirit says through the apostle John concerning the next two categories of Christian maturity. Notice it with me 1 John chapter 2 Let's begin in verse 12 and read all the way down to verse 14. He says, I am writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning." I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the Word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Now, to refresh your memory this morning, what John is addressing in this passage are three different stages of spiritual maturity. The little children in verses 12 through 13 are those new believers who demonstrate a passionate love for their newfound forgiveness and a devotion to God the Father who has adopted them into his family. This love and devotion is a gift to the church. It's one that we ought to be encouraged by and learn from. But these new believers are also in need of careful attention and care. For it is these believers who are especially susceptible to the false and pernicious doctrines which are peddled by false teachers. And yet, the church does not only have new believers in it. Praise the Lord. The church is also full of those who are strong in faith, And have a seasoned experience. And each one offers something to the overall health and well-being of the saints. But each also has weaknesses in which they are dependent upon the rest of the church to learn and to glean. Last time we were together, we took an extended look at the first stage of spiritual growth that is infants and children in Christ. This week, let us take some time considering one of the next two stages of spiritual growth and how it contributes to the fidelity of the church. But let us also look at the things that that specific category is dependent upon the church in order to grow in maturity and maintain their representation of Christ to the world. Now there are really two ways that we could consider this text. One would be to take them in order in which they are presented to us in scripture. That would be to take children, then fathers, then young men. The second way would be to take them in the order in which they fall in the progress of spiritual maturity. That would be to take children, then young men, then fathers. And for no particular reason, aside from the fact that I think the progression flows a bit better, I will take them the second way. And so last time we were together, we considered spiritual children. This week, let us consider both the strengths and weaknesses of spiritual young men. If you're following along in the insert in your bulletin, that is your fill in there for the second stage of spiritual maturity in this text. We find that John addresses spiritual young men. Notice it with me in 1 John again in verses at the, the verse 13 and verse 14, John says, "I am writing to you young men, Because you have overcome the evil one. He says, I write to you young men. Because you are strong. And the word of God abides in you. And you have overcome the evil one. Let me just say a brief word here at the beginning. As to why the spirit categorizes these stages. As young men and fathers. Remember. John has in mind here spiritual protection against false doctrine. His interest is in protecting the church from those who say one thing, but then live contrary to the truth. We saw that in 1 John chapter 1, verse 6, and verse 8, verse 10, and chapter 2, verse 4. And so what John does here is he employs a picture of those whom God has entrusted with the spiritual care and protection of those who may be led astray by these false sayers. And those are spiritual young men and fathers who are in our midst. You see, often men, and especially fathers... Are put forward as the spiritual representatives of their homes and spiritual leaders in the faith. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head, that is the spiritual head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself its savior. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 15 says, "For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Jesus through the gospel." 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 13 Paul says, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. The man is often used in Scripture to indicate spiritual safety and oversight. Much like men are called on to provide physical protection, so men within the congregation are called on to provide spiritual protection. And so what John does here is he addresses the whole spiritual church and where they fit within each category of spiritual maturity by highlighting the responsibility that men have within their homes and to the congregation that they care for and guide as God entrusts them to them. So then What do the young men provide to the spiritual care and protection of the church? Hear this, beloved. They provide spiritual vigor and doctrinal strength. If you're following along in your bulletin insert, that's your next fill in there. The young men, the spiritual young men among us, provide spiritual vigor and doctrinal strength. What we notice again in this passage is what John writes to these young men. Notice it with me again in verse 13. He says, I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. Verse 14, I write to you, young men, Because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Twice John says that these young men have overcome the evil one. Once he says that they are strong in the word of God. Now again, even as we noticed last time, there is a universal aspect to this truth all those who are in Christ have overcome the evil one we'll see this in 1 john chapter 3 verse 8 and 1 john chapter 4 verse 4 it is also true that all who have faith in Jesus have the word of Christ dwelling in them richly colossians chapter 3 verse 16 but these young men display a definitive characteristic of zeal and strength that is a gift to the body of Christ. The two words that John uses here help us understand this. John says that these young men have overcome and that they are strong. The word for overcome is the same in both instances It is the Greek word nike. Maybe you see a resemblance to this word in our modern-day English. And if we are familiar with the background of this word nike, we may understand why the shoe company, which bears this moniker, chose it. The word itself means to be victorious. Or to conquer. This word was used within the settings of the Greek games to mark out the one who demonstrated superior strength and athleticism and therefore conquered all of their comp- competition on the field. And what we notice here is that the Spirit of God employs this word here to mark the spiritual strength and vigor. Of those young men in the faith. This word, Nike, is used in several places in Scripture, but one that is of note is Revelation chapter 6, verse 2, in which we see the conquest and conquering of the one who was on the white horse. Revelation chapter 6, verse 2 says this And I looked, and behold, a white horse, and its rider had a bow. And a crown was given to him, and he came out conquering and to conquer. See, beloved, these conquering men find their strength in the one who will conquer all things in his return. Their strength is not within their physical muscles. It is within their grasp of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Who has delivered them in victory, and who encourages them and commissions commissions them to preach that victory to the world around them. As Proverbs says in Proverbs 21:31, the horse is made ready for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. You see, this level of spiritual maturity takes much preparation. But ultimately, the strength of these believers is found in their comprehension and application of the victory that is found in the one riding upon the white horse. These men are strong in Jesus Christ. And we see this in the second characteristic that the Apostle John attributes to these young men. Notice what John says in verse 14. He says, I write to you, young men, because you are strong. Now, as we have seen, this strength has nothing to do with physical strength. For the battle in which we are enlisted is not a physical battle. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, a verse I imagine you are all familiar with, one that we have memorized together in 3D, in which the Spirit says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil. In the heavenly places. Physical strength is of no great value in our war against the enemy. But the Spirit uses the strength of young men here to show the kind of strength that one has in the faith. These are spiritually strong and doctrinally settled. For the battle that is waged is not a battle for the position of some physical hill, but a battle waged against the mind and hearts of God's people and even the world. Therefore, these young men are those who are categorically engaged in this battle. These young men are actively involved in the conflict for revealed truth. These are the ones to whom the doctrines of Christianity are entrusted, and those with enough spiritual energy to wage war against the false doctrines of our times and our culture. It is these young men that we read about in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. It is this stage of spiritual development that the Spirit is referring to again in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. That you can find on, oh excuse me, not this one, but another one in a second. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 says this, If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. You see, what we learn in this text is that the content of these men's strength is of first importance. These young and strong believers are those who have an understanding of the Word of God and are able to teach it to the church. Notice what John says in verse 14. He says, I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you. And you have overcome the evil one. You see, their strength is equal to the measure of the word of God abiding in them. These young men know the word. For the word of God is abiding in them. That is to say that it is ingrained on their hearts and fresh in their memories like a sword on a hip this word is readily available and nimbly unsheathed they are skilled in wielding the sword of the spirit which is the word of god Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17 these strong in the faith are given the awesome responsibility to contend for the faith once for all delivered to the saints in Jude chap- in Jude 3 and to train the next generation of spiritual believers 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 2 notice what Paul again says to his young man in the faith Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 18 he says this charge I entrust to you Timothy my child in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience. By rejecting this, some have made shipwreck of their faith. John MacArthur, in his commentary on this text, said this, and you can find the quote on the insert in your bulletin, He says, in contrast to spiritual children who are primarily focused on devotion to God, spiritual young men have advanced to be concerned with clarity of doctrine. Spiritual young men are marked by an understanding of scriptural truth. They have outgrown the childish self-absorption with feelings and moved beyond the elementary struggles often associated with new Christians. They have a biblical worldview. Their theology is largely in place. And they have a mature love for the truth and a desire to proclaim and defend it. Hear this, beloved. We should all aspire to this measure of spiritual strength. We should all desire to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, as Peter said. We should all desire to leave the elementary doctrines of Christ and move on to maturity in order that we might be able to feast on and be sustained by the solid food of the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. The Spirit of Christ is calling each one of us to be diligent and disciplined in our understanding of the Word. And to become strong in the faith so that we are not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. And brothers and sisters, the Lord has given to his church those who are full of vigor and possess the skill of doctrinal agility and strength to be examples to the church in this end. Listen again to Paul's words to young Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11. And it is these verses that you can find on the insert in your bulletin. Paul says to young Timothy, he says, Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourselves to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching persist in this for by so doing you will save both yourselves and your hearers what we find here beloved in 1st John is that God has given to the church strong and faithful men that are eager to defend the truth and yet what we learn from John in this text is that these young men certainly provide strength to the body of Christ, but they also have a weakness. What we notice in 1 John chapter 2 is that their spiritual strength and vigor comes with an inherent weakness. It is a weakness that requires the strong in faith to look toward the humility. Of the child in faith and the temperance of the seasoned believer. You see, because these young men are overcomers, they have a tendency to be overwhelming. There are times when everything looks like a fight, there are times when they tend to see everyone as an enemy. Their passion can be mistaken for animosity and their confidence for pride. These young men need to look to their spiritual fathers in order to obtain gentleness and meekness. It is why the Scripture often exhorts these young men to interact with others in a way that wins them to the truth And does not turn them away. We see this in Paul's admonition both to Titus and Timothy, his young men in the faith. Listen to Titus chapter 2 verse 6. Which again you can find on the insert in your bulletin. Titus chapter 2 verse 6 says this. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled show yourself young titus in all respects to be a model of good works and in your teaching show integrity dignity and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that an opponent may be put to shame having nothing evil to say about us and again in second timothy chapter 2 verse 22 Where Paul writes to young Timothy, flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Along with those who are called on the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. see, beloved, the Spirit admonishes these young in the faith as much as He admonishes us this morning that we are to always be under the control of the Spirit of God. That these young men are not to be overwhelmed by their passions as to overwhelm others. That they are to have a healthy and balanced demeanor that shows confidence but not cockiness. That they are to demonstrate meekness and gentleness in their teaching and correction. Fully trusting that God is the one who brings transformation of hearts. They are not to be forceful or heavy handed but instead are to conduct themselves with all dignity, uh, integrity, and purity, not spoiling the truth of Christ by their overzealousness. The Scripture is constantly calling these young men to temper their strength and zeal with trust and submission to Christ. I remember myself. As a 25-year-old young man, fresh out of Bible college, and so excited about this newfound understanding that I had of the truth of Christianity, and I might confess to you this morning that at times, I myself may have been a little overwhelming. I know it's hard for you to understand that or see that this morning. I know there were times that my passion for the truth of Christ could come across as cockiness and prideful. And beloved, I was so thankful for the church of Christ. I was so thankful for my spiritual father and mentor my pastor at the time, Pat Griffiths. How often did he have to point out to me what he called my dogged dogmatism? And I imagine he was putting the emphasis on there for a reason. And he would have to remind me constantly that what I said mattered, but also how I said it was important. How often did I have to be reminded and still need to be reminded at times today that my speech is to be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that it is a blessing to those whom I interact with. Colossians chapter 4 verse 6. You see these young men have a lot of learning, but they also have a lot to learn. And the Lord puts these young and strong in the faith in our midst, both for their strength, but also because of their weakness. You see, beloved, we need each other. And we should never undermine the gift that God has given to His church in spiritually strong, young, and fervent men in the faith. They are here for our protection. They are here to wage the good warfare as Paul calls Timothy to. They are here to defend the faith with urgency. And therefore we should not undermine God's gift to the church. But beloved, we also need to be reminded that we are to do so with meekness and gentleness that we are to do so trusting that the Word of God and the truth of Jesus Christ will always win the day. And therefore we are to preach with confidence, not in ourselves or in our abilities, but in Jesus Christ who is able to overcome the darkness of the hearts of those whom we interact with and to win them to a saving knowledge of Himself through the Spirit of God. May we thank God for all those whom He has granted to the church in order that we might all grow up into the head, which is Christ. What we notice in our text is that God has given us strong men able to teach who can defend the faith. But He's also given us spiritual fathers, seasoned in experience and mature in their belief. And it is to those spiritual fathers that we will turn next week, Lord willing. Let us pray together. Father, we are so thankful this morning for your grace towards us.